Hi guys. Hey everybody. It's Business Power Hour. I'm so excited to be here. I'm here with Megan. She's amazing. We're going to talk about website things. I'm going to check real quick. I don't trust Facebook. So I'm going to check that we're live. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, let everybody know who you are, what you do, um, and then we'll get into talking about all the things. We're going to talk about making your website convert, you guys. I know okay. that's something people are interested in. So I love that. So that's that's my cup of tea. I can't wait. Um, my name is Megan Taylor. I am a copywriter and messaging consultant. I work in the online entrepreneur space. So I work with online service providers, agencies, course creators, digital product sellers. Basically, if you sell your stuff online, um, you're my kind of people. Um, so I've been copywriting in this space since 2016, um, which makes me feel ancient sometimes. When I always thought I was an online dinosaur because I started right. as a blogger like seven years ago and yeah. definitely changed. Since and we're then. like, oh, we're grannies now. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be changing, man. This space, like, it's like, I feel like seven years in the online space is like, I don't know, a hundred years in real life. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I've been doing that for a long while. And then about three and a half years ago, I launched the copy template shop, uh, which helps online business owners who prefer to DIY their copy. Maybe it's for budget reasons, maybe it's for voice reasons, whatever it is, um, setting you up with the the really specific templates to to help you get stuff done and and sell more things in your business. That's awesome that you're doing that. I really, I, I love templates because I just think it's such a good way to be able to get somebody professional to help you <laughs> without having to pay for it. I know some of you guys don't know, but copywriting be spendy, y'all. That's a spendy <laughs> hire. So if you can't afford a copywriter yet, you should definitely go check out those templates because it's like you get Megan to help you with your copy without having to hire a professional copywriter. It's literally like you just get a piece of my brain. <laughs> You're welcome. Hello. What could be better yeah. than that? So I want to talk to you about, we're going to talk about websites that convert. I'm like, almost embarrassed because I'm like thinking now I'm thinking in my head I'm like oh my gosh everything I want to change on my own website but I was I am in the process of starting to think about redoing it and updating it so I'm excited to pick your brain because I'm going to ask you all the things I'm like give oh, me all of your tips so <laughs> what is like I want to hear like what's your pet peeve like when you go to people's websites what are like a couple things where you're just like, oh gosh, everybody does this. It drives me crazy. <laughs> Please don't I do can't, this. I can't find what I'm looking for. Like that, it drives me nuts. So like for context, like right now, um, I'm in the middle of planning a summit and I was looking for speakers to pitch a little while ago. And I would go onto the website and I was like, I know that you're, you are an expert in XYZ because somebody has recommended me to you or I found you through Instagram or whatever. And so I'm going onto their website to try and find out like, what are their offers? And then I want to find a way to get in touch with them so I can pitch them. And it's so hard for me to find an email address, for me to find I'm a contact form. All of these flashbacks of me and Kelsey. Kelsey is my team member that organizes all our events. And so uh-huh. if you guys do an event with us, you know Kelsey, because she does like literally everything for me. But we'll just be like, why does nobody have their email on their website? No, 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 <laughs> literally, why? No, and I think what a lot of people don't realize too, is that by the time somebody lands on your website, like this, they're not like, 
finding you out of the blue, even if like it's really cold traffic coming to you from like SEO from Google. Um, they're there for a reason. Like they have search intent. They plugged something into Google and got there. They got there through a referral. They got there through your social media. By the time they get there, there's an action that they want to take. They want to maybe buy from you. They want to get in touch with you. They want to find out about your offers. And a lot of the time people won't have a call to action anywhere on the top part of their homepage. And it's like, well, where, where do I go? I have to scroll and I have to read so much and sift through so much information just to find out where I want to go. So that's probably my biggest pet peeve also, because I know it hurts people. It's literally costing you money. <laughs> um, what kind of call to action? So when you say like call to action at the top of the page, what are some of your kind of favorite call to actions you like to use on websites? It's always going to depend on on who it is. You have to get inside your buyer's head and your call to action has to do two things. It has to be the action that you want them to take, but it also has to be the action that they are ready to take. So I'll see some people who like right away on the hero section of their homepage, it says like book a call is their call to action because that's what you want them to take. But they probably only read like two lines of copy. Are they going to be ready to book a call? Probably not right? So yes, the action that you want them to take is, is book a call with you, let's say. But think about the steps that need to happen before they're actually ready to do that. They probably need to read about your services. Like I, I've got service providers on my brain. Um, but it's it's the same kind of deal. You're like, if you were selling things, you wouldn't have like a buy now button on your homepage because it's like, well, what am I buying? But it would be like, find out more or um, work with me or get in touch. So it really has to be that that kind of balance. So there's never ever like a go-to. It really depends on what are you trying to achieve in your business right now? Like what is your biggest priority? What's your biggest goal? But then, yeah, also getting in, inside the mind basically of the person who's who's navigating your site. Yeah, that's, that's a really good tip. I always think about if I could only get them to do one thing, if they were on the website and you could only get them to do one thing, like what would you want them to do? And for me, a lot of times, most of the time with most of the people I work with, I work with a lot of course creators, a lot of coaches, some service providers, and then some people selling physical products and digital products and stuff like that. But for most people, I I think I'm always like, get them on your email list. Because if they go on your website and they click off of your website, that's it. Like they might not ever remember you or think about you again. But if you can get them on your email list, then you can contact them over and over and over. And then you can ask them to book a call every week if you want. <laughs> as long as that's what you're doing, right? Like as long as that's like, oh, you're actually building an email list so that you can engage them and so that you can nurture them. I also see a lot of like, for example, service providers who like aren't actively, like they're building an email list because everybody and their grandma has told them build an email list. You need an email list, but then they're not sending any emails. And what they actually need to be doing is getting inquiries. And it's like, well, let's set it up to get you inquiries instead, right? Like it needs yeah. to be directly related to what your business goals are right now. Yeah. So it's kind of like, what kind of system do you have? And then where do you want to put them into that system? Yeah. And like right. what works for you? Like I'm somebody, I, I don't like doing discovery calls. Like it's just not my jam. I need somebody to fill out a form first. So it's not going to make sense for me to ever have a book a call, call to action on my website. So where am I pointing them that actually works with like, not just my goals, but like how do I want to interact with these people and how do I want them to interact with me and my brand? 
Nice. And then Megan said in the chat, she said, someone said they found me on Google the other day. That's not my top priority. It was so cool. Um, do you have any tips for like easy? I don't know how SEO-y you are, but I know you're a copywriter. Do you have any SEO tips for like what to make sure is on your website? Sure. I have a, a whole like mini course dedicated to like what I, for me is like a, a one and done simple essay. So SEO can be so complicated and so overwhelming. And I'm definitely not an SEO expert. I just say that I'm an SEO informed copywriter. Um, and it's true, like benefits like that, like what Megan mentioned, it's so cool to see that. It's so cool to see that you don't have to be um, really prioritizing it and doing tons of like long form content. You can leverage it as long as, again, you can really get familiar with like, who are you trying to attract to your website and what are they plugging into Google when they're trying to find what it is that you're selling? Yeah. And if you can do that, and if you can base your website content around those keywords, Google is getting smarter and smarter and smarter. Even if you don't have the exact key phrase on your website, a lot of the times they're going to be like, oh, this website is selling the solution to this problem. So we're going to feed it to people. If that makes sense. Yeah. What are like a couple just simple, are there any simple tips of like, obviously, I guess just make sure like what you do is on the page and what you talk about. What are like yeah. some easy things people can do? Doing keyword research. Like if you can just do really simple keyword, re find out like what is the bare minimum. Like you, again, you could do eons, you could do keyword research for like six months straight. Um, do the basic, find out what the bare minimum is and then know where to put those keywords. So if you're on WordPress, like use a plugin like Yoast to make sure that those keywords are in the right places. Oh make sure they're I have like a blogger flashback with, <laughs> I haven't thought about Yoast in a while. I love Yoast. I love it. And I know that there's yeah. a lot of people who bash it and it's the green light. You gotta get that green light. Green light. <laughs> Always driving for the green light, like those little yellow lights. It's like when you were in school and you used to get like a B on your report card. And it's like, no, I want the straight totally A's. Totally yeah, gosh, I forgot all. I think that was like buried in my brain. For those of you guys that don't know, WordPress is like a platform a lot of bloggers use. And Yoast is a plugin you can get for WordPress and it basically analyzes your post and what you're writing. And if you have like good SEO, it gives you like a little green light. <laughs> It'll be like green, yellow, red, I think, right? It's, the, it's like the getting a gold star, basically, for your copy. So yeah, just making sure that those keywords are in the right places, making sure that you're actually using headings, making sure that your page is really readable. Um, there's a huge trend right now of people who are like building entire websites of like Canva images. Um, and like, yes, I get it. That makes it a lot easier to design something. Google can't read that. Google is not reading the text that's on your images. If you're writing, if you're putting time and effort into writing really good copy, don't let it sit on graphics where nobody can actually read it, right? Like you need to have headings. It needs to be actually on the page. Um, it needs to be readable. It needs to be legible. It needs to be unique. Google is really penalizing like AI. I'm, I'm, we don't have to talk about AI. Um, it's such like a, a huge topic. I use it. Copywriter trigger it. word, I think. <laughs> Literally, literally. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's true. Like they're looking for, for unique original content that provides actual value. If you're following good copywriting, like chances are you're going to benefit from SEO automatically. Yeah, that's a really good tip, you guys, because I think a lot of us overlook like the titles and the headings on your website and like making sure just thinking to yourself, 
if somebody was Googling me, like what would they be searching for and putting those things just in your title and your headline? I'm like the guiltiest, guilty, guilty person of that. Cause I make a lot of landing pages for events and I never like bother to update the mm -hmm. and, like, page description and stuff in them. But we're not trying to rank on search, right? Mm -hmm. But on your main website, you definitely want to make sure that stuff is filled out, that it has keywords in it. And when we're saying like keywords, we're really just saying, what would someone search on Google? Like exactly. go on Google, go in the search engine and think like, what would someone be searching for? And a really good little tip is like, if you go on Google and you type in a couple of your keywords, it'll often give you like the longer, right? Like mm -hmm. the longer version. And a lot of times those are really good things to put in like your heading or your description, totally. stuff like that. So and they're, they're usually longer than what you expect. Like a lot of the times when I'm doing a website copy project for a client, I'll be like, are there any keywords you're trying to rank for? And they'll be like a social media manager and they'll be like, yeah, I want to rank for the words social media Instagram. No, like you're never going to get on the first page of Google for Instagram because Instagram's up there. You need to get really specific. Like for me, even copywriter or copywriting is a really generic term. I'm never going to get on page one, but I am on page one. If you search like female copywriter or copywriter for online entrepreneurs, you're going to find me there because I know that that's what the people who are specifically looking for me are interested in. And then that's what they're searching for. Yeah, that's a really good tip, right? Because I think sometimes people forget that. I always say that about podcasts. I'm like, mm -hmm. I have an online business podcast. I'm like, I'm like up against like Amy Porterfield and people that have like billion, make millions of dollars, right? And have been on the internet forever and have huge teams. I'm like, we're not going to rank on iTunes, like searching for business. But, but we will search, we will rank for like blogging and like stuff like yeah. that, right? That my podcast like will show up for. Um, so that's just a good thing to keep in mind when you guys are thinking about how am I going to be competitive in really competitive spaces? A lot of times it's, this is why people always talk about niching down, right? But it's like really just getting really narrow and a lot for SEO, that means like going after more narrow keywords, they're longer. They end up being like long, those, they call them like long tail keywords or whatever, but it just means like a longer Price. something longer people are putting in Google. I always try to talk in like layman terms for people because I'm like, I don't, not everyone speaks in internet language, like internet speaking. Yeah, <laughs> the language we use every day. Yeah. But it sounds like we're speaking a completely different language. And yeah, you're right. And it's not just a matter of like, can I rank for these keywords? It's like, do I want to? I don't want to be found on Google by anybody who's just typing in copywriter because I don't want to work with anybody who's just looking for a copywriter, right? Like think about who you want to attract into your world and think about what keywords what they're using. They putting into Google, right? Exactly. And start putting that stuff in your heading and in your titles and Google's smart. It'll figure that kinds of stuff out. Exactly. It's so smart and getting smarter every day. It's creepy, really, when you think very, about it. Very, yes. <laughs> we don't, yeah, let's not talk about the robot. Don't talk about the robots. <laughs> <laughs> what are some like simple, what are your favorite like simple things to clean up a website? Or, oh, I have a better question. Scratch okay. that. What's like your must have? What are like your top like, your top three things must have where you're like, everybody should have these on their website. As in like pages or as in like copy? Whatever. <laughs> Whatever you think. Oh my God. <laughs> um, oh, that's so tricky. I think making sure that there's like an immediate obvious call to action. So we've already, you know, like harped on that one a little bit. Like as soon as, no, okay, wait, let me rephrase that. As soon as I land on your page, the very first thing that I read, your headline on your homepage needs to tell me who you are, what you do, who you do it for, and why the hell it matters. 
And if I'm not getting that right away, I don't know if I'm in the right place. I'm already confused. People are going to exit out. So your hero section, it's called like that very first thing people see on your homepage needs to answer those questions for me. Don't try to be clever. Don't try to be unique. Don't try to over keyword stuff so that you can rank for SEO just needs to answer those questions. Um, I guess second would be then as soon as you tell me that information, give me a call to action. Tell me what I'm supposed to do next. Um, and then anything that you need this is going to be super, super broad, but what do you need in order for your reader to make an informed buying decision? Think about that buying journey. What information do they need and in what order? Like what's already in their mind by the time they're coming to your website? How do they find the next step, the appropriate next step for them? Like especially there's going to be people listening who are like targeting different audiences. Um, like maybe you're selling to course creators, but also online service providers and you have different offers for those different groups. Like how is it really easy for them to find out which of your offers are specifically for them? And then how can they differentiate between them and take that action? So that's really broad. It's not like a very specific thing that you can do, but really, really think about who's coming here and how, how are you getting them all the information that they need so that by the time they click buy, they're like super confident in that decision. What do you think about, I feel like I see kind of two camps of websites lately. Ones that are like super minimalistic. Like I was on somebody's page the other day and there's like, you know, no about page. And I was like, I don't really know like who you are, like what, mm -hmm. like about you. And then I see the other side where people have like, They've got blog posts, they've got podcasts, they've got YouTube videos, they've got like, there's like so much, they've got a store, they've got offers, they've got coaching, mm -hmm. they've got services. And it's like, how do you balance kind of like how much is too much? For, and like, I love what you said about making an informed buyer decision. People need a certain amount of information mm -hmm. to know if they're, they're making a good decision buying from you or not. But then also there is an amount I think of overwhelm that can happen on some websites that feel a bit chaotic. Totally. So how do you balance like getting that information between not making it like overwhelming? Um, like just constantly be asking yourself, does this have to be here? Is this contributing anything? Is this actually helping my reader do what I want them to do and, and do the thing that they want to do. Is this helping, right? Like, sure, you have like really, really great blog post content, but by the time somebody's landing on your homepage, do you actually want to be directing them to your blog? Or are you really hoping, hoping that they're here because maybe they already read a blog post, they really liked what you had to say, and now they're going to your homepage and they want to find out how they can work with you. So in some case, again, it's so different. Like I have a website copywriting course and we give them templates for like the different pages, but the home page is the one that's the hardest for me to like, I was like, I can't yeah. give you, I'm going to give you suggestions and I'm going to give you a lesson to figure out what it means for you, but it's going to be so different for everybody because your unique audience is so different than everybody else. Like you really need to figure out, get inside the mind of your ideal buyer as much as you can is this information going to distract them or is it going to add to their journey of like navigating my website? And if it's going to distract them, it doesn't have a place there. They're going to find it elsewhere, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a really good point. I like what you said too about 
you know, I say that about business all the time. I'm like, I have a program called the Becoming Boss Mastermind, and I really help people with their mindset to make their own decisions in business. But a lot of them have never run businesses before. So of mm -hmm. course, they're going to ask me and my team a lot of questions because we have a lot more experience than them. And it's such a fine line between trying to answer those questions and give them good guidance, but helping them, really giving them the information to make the decision for themselves. Cause I'm like, I don't know your business and like, I don't know your people and I don't live your life. And like, I don't, there's no way like we can know everything about you to know the best thing for you to do. And then it's not like business. I think pretty much everything in business, there's exceptions to like every rule and not everything applies to everyone. And we've all been in those programs, I feel like that are like, I'm going to give you the step by step, like to have an online business. And it's like, you know, they have a few people that do really well. And then a whole mm -hmm. bunch of people that struggle and try to get it to work and have a hard time. And that's something I thought about a lot is like, why do some people do so well in these programs? And then other people just don't get any results. And I just mm -hmm. came to this kind of conclusion like what you were saying, where it's like, it has to be different for everyone. There just mm -hmm. can't be the roadmap to business. So I think right. that's a really, really good point about like, you're going to have to figure out what, what information do my people need and what's the best way to do that. And for everybody listening, like no one can tell you that, like you have to figure that out. <laughs> like that's kind of our job, right? As business owners mm -hmm. is figuring that out for ourselves and for our people. Megan has a a little follow-up comment that I thought was interesting. She said, can typing out alt text for Canva graphics help, or is it still not as good as direct text on the page? Again, not an SEO expert, but it's not know. as good as direct text from my understanding. So alt text is the real purpose for alt text. Um, and this is what's really important that I don't think a lot of people realize about Canva graphic based websites. Um, it's there for people also who are using screen readers, right? So it's like, that's why they, if, I don't know if you've ever gone into like, describe your alt text, there'll usually be like qualifying instructions there that say like, if this image is purely decorative, like don't put anything here because it's true. They're going to, what's going to happen is if somebody's using a screen reader, um, it's a tool that people who are visually impaired, somebody's going to go onto your website and it's going to read out the copy. And then wherever there's an image, it's going to read out the alt text instead. So here is a picture of Megan Taylor smiling, holding a cup of coffee on her left. And it's to give that additional context for the person who cannot actually see. Um, when you're using alt text to like replace direct text and to replace copy, um, <sighs> It's only like, it's not, I don't know how to explain this, but it, it's not, that's not what it's there for. That basically, that's well, not the, what happened was, this is, I'll tell you what happened. There was a time, there was a time where doing the alt text thing, people were hacking Google. Like they were like, oh, if I stuff all of these keywords into these alt texts, it, Google like bumps my ranking up. And so people just, it was just kind of like a little hack workaround that people were using. It worked really well like seven years ago. I don't think it's still working well now. I would not stop anything now. Yeah. But there was a time like people were doing it because it was working, right? They were like, oh, if we put all of our SEO shit in the alt text, in the alt thing, it'll bump me up. And Google thinks like, you know, my it bumps up my ranking. And so then, of course, everyone started doing it as happens mm -hmm. online. And it's some things people still teach that's just kind of like, 
put the description in there for sure. And I, I think it yeah. helps like with your overall SEO for that stuff to be consistent. If Google sees like, oh, it's consistent in the writing, it's consistent in the image, it's consistent in the backlinks, all this stuff goes the same. Like this, it paints a complete picture totally. for Google, but you don't want to be like, you don't, I think if anything, it would probably, not that you're keyword stuffing Megan, but I'm just saying that's where that came from. <laughs> Yeah, and then there's like weird little internet trends like that that happen and then people still teach it like forever and ever and ever because everybody just regurgitates the same information around it's like and without an eye on accessibility either right like it's also important to keep in mind like yeah google's not gonna like it but also if you have any any people viewing your website with accessibility needs you're not catering to them yeah exactly you're creating a really bad user experience for for some people not you megan but like people that do that i know you're not doing that but so th i thought that was a good question um what about what about we talked about the home page what are some mm -hmm. other pages you think people should consider having on their website or are there any you're like you really don't need this anymore or mm -hmm. anything like that Okay, so this is where it gets a little controversial because this is where it's a very much a say as I do, not a say as I do as I say, not as I do. Um, I recently switched over to a one pager website and I'm really interested to see how this works and how it pans out. But I'm going to tell you I did it because um, I'm not trying to leverage SEO. This was for my service based website. We talked about this before the call. I'm not looking to actively book out my services right now. So it was like, okay, this is an easier way for me to handle that website and get get something updated out there. For most people, no matter what it is that you're selling, as long as there's some sort of connection based element to your messaging and, and to what it is that you're selling, you're going to need an about page. Um, there's two types of buyers, right? There's, there's buyers who buy purely based on logic um, I'm going to, I want to see what I'm going to get. I'm going to compare that to the price I'm paying. I'm going to evaluate whether I think that that's fair value and that's how I'm going to buy. Most of us are emotional buyers and we want that logic aspect. We want to make sure that we're getting our money's worth, but it's more important for us that we feel seen and understood and heard by you the person who is selling the solution to us, but we also want to understand you a little bit and, and, and feel connected to you. Um, this is especially true if you're not just trying to sell things, but if you're also looking for speaking opportunities and you want to be in summits and you want to be in bundles, people need to know who you are. People buy from people at the end of the day. Um, so yeah, an about page is incredibly, incredibly important. I don't care who tells you it's not important. It's totally important. Again, don't do as I do. I don't have an about page right now, but you should have one. <laughs> I think it's okay to say that. And I'll tell you why. And I do this too. I'm doing this big time in my program I just launched. So we just launched a new offer. It's called Creator Camp. And it's for people to get started on social media to overcome their like fear of visibility and to get comfortable being seen and to give them some good foundational tips to start building a platform that they can like leverage for their business and stuff. Now I have been on social media for years. I have like 16,000 followers on Instagram. I have an email list with 15,000 people on it. And I don't do the strategies I teach in that program, mm. but I'm like, I'm not trying to like build the habit of posting on Instagram. Like I have a multi six figure business. I'm in it. And I was telling them, I was like, I'm in a different season of business. Exactly. I was like, you cannot use strategies for people that are further ahead. So I understand yeah. what you're saying. And I appreciate you like, 
pointing that out. Like, I don't actually do this, but I also want you guys listening to understand, like, you cannot use strategies for people that she's been on the internet. How long did you say? So it's 2016. Yeah. Yeah. So like it, you're in a different season of business. And what I would tell someone starting now is not what I did. And it's not what I'm doing now. Cause they don't totally. have a multiple six figure business with 16,000 followers on Instagram. They're not starting yeah. from where I am. So I wouldn't give you the strategies of what I'm doing. So I just want everybody to understand like why that's still an integrity and why it's okay. That Mm -hmm. sometimes we teach things because we're teaching things to people that are starting, but we don't have businesses that are starting. And that's why sometimes there's that like discrepancy. Megan says, I'm an emotional buyer, but my husband is a logical buyer. (laughs) I run all my big project purchases by him. There you go. (laughs) And then you're like, then you get like the best of both worlds. Um, there was something I was going to ask you, and I totally lost my train of thought. It's totally gone. It will come back. It will come back okay. to me. It's okay. Um, I'm wondering, though, from you, like, how important do you think it is for people that are starting, that are just starting out? How important do you think, like, website design and all this stuff is, and like, when does it really start to matter? I'm curious to hear like your thoughts about like, when is it like this needs to be something you prioritize in your business versus something where it's like, well, just kind of make sure it's okay. (laughs) I feel like, and there's a lot of people too, who are always like, oh, you don't even need a website, at least not for the first few years in your business. And I am, I'm very opposite of that. I always say that like, there's two things that you have in your business. Like you have your client attraction vehicles and then you have your client conversion vehicles. If you are somebody who is okay with doing all of the client conversion pieces in the DMs, in your inbox, getting on calls, fielding all of the questions in those and like doing really, really personalized client conversion conversations, then okay, maybe your website doesn't have to be a priority right now. If you are like me And you only want to be getting on sales calls with people who just want to ask you like some finer details, but you don't want to constantly be asking, answering questions of like, oh, so what's actually included in this and how much does it cost and how long does it take and the things that are just really standard repetitive information. Um, You need a website. A website is going to take care of really well-written well-designed, well-structured website is going to take care of so much of that sales process for you. If you're somebody who dreads sales, if you're somebody who um, just doesn't like giving a lot of energy to sales, like, and, and you would rather it just be really comfortable and casual conversations, the sooner that you can get a really well-working website set up for yourself, it's going to handle, I'm like literally 90 to 95% of that sales conversation for you because the information is there. And then you can go out and you can focus on your client attraction pieces, things like SEO, things like content, things like social media, things, the visibility aspect, getting people on there. But then once they're on their website, you've set things up so that they can find exactly which of your offers is perfect for them, perfect for the problem that they're looking for right now. Sometimes they can buy directly depending on what you're selling without them having to have any face-to-face conversation with you. So if you're doing that now, you know what I mean? Like, yes, it's going to take you a little bit more upfront work. It's a little bit more of an investment, but imagine how much that's going to save you down the line. Yeah, that's a good point. And I like what you said about, like, it really, 
it depends like where you're doing your selling and where mm -hmm. your buyers are coming from, right? So for me, I feel like we're just now thinking about actually making my, I have always said this, but I think my website sucks. I've always thought my <laughs> website sucks, right? But I've always said like, but I also know my sales don't come from there. They come from my email list. And what I did invest a lot of time on is like, I have very extensive sales pages and mm -hmm. I really have only sold one offer for the last three years. Like I only had the mastermind, mm -hmm. right? So it was like one in-depth page basically about the mastermind that was like really, really good. And that's, yeah, where, we, so. that's where we sent everybody. <laughs> that's, where the that's where the podcast went. Like everybody, we were driving mm -hmm. the traffic literally to the sales page of the mm -hmm. offer. Right. And so I think that's an interesting point as far as like, where is the website in your buyer funnel? And if you're a service provider or somebody that people are searching for things or you have different offers they need to look through, then it's like your website starts to matter more. Totally. Right. And so now we're starting to clean up the website because I'm starting to see like, we're getting a lot of traffic on the website every month. That wasn't always the case. So to me, I would like look and I was like, well, I'm not going to spend all this time, like building a website when I only get like a couple hundred views a month. Like, I'm just like, it's just not, I just don't care that much. Right. I was yeah. like, I'd rather work on the podcast or the email where I know there's thousands of people seeing those things. And so I always, but that's part of my buyer's journey where the website really oh. wasn't on the buyer's journey. Like they were seeing me and finding me from referrals, getting on the email list, reading emails, and then clicking from the email to whatever yeah. we were linking. Yeah. Usually you don't link your homepage <laughs> email. So yeah. for me, that's like, it was, and I think it just goes back to like your, what we were talking about before, it depends on your strategy, right? right. Like how important that is in your yeah. client journey, whatever they're calling it now. <laughs> What's the newest buzzword? <laughs> Product ladder. <laughs> So my changes literally every day. Um, but yeah, no, you're right. And that's that's where you were, right? Like it was like, well, people who are listening to your podcast and people who are on your email list, they know you already. But like how many people are going to listen to this interview? And the, one of the first things they're going to do is go to Google and type in Megan Taylor copywriter. They need to find something. I need to make sure that there's something there for them to find, right? So yeah, like think about the people that you are nurturing. Yes, you need certain elements of copy to, to continue nurturing those people. But what about the people who are just finding out about you? Like if you're putting so much effort into like visibility, consider that like there's going to be people who listen to podcasts and never go click on the show notes links. They're just going to go hang out in Google or, or whatever. Yeah. And there's, that's what we're seeing now. Like, I feel like now we've reached that tipping yeah. point where there is traffic going to the website and it's because I have a lot more visibility now. Totally. Right. And I'm on a lot more things. I get to speak at a lot more things. And now it's like, Oh, like we need to not that my, I'm saying my website sucks. It's fine. <laughs> It's not like, it's not like horrible or anything. Like probably if you guys went and looked at it, you'd be like, oh yeah, it's fine. But to me, I'm like, this isn't something I've really sat down and thought about a lot or put a lot yeah. of energy or effort. I've put as minimal amount of time in it. I feel like that's, that's possible. That's been my strategy with the website. Am I going to get, I feel like I'm going to get kicked out. She's like, come on. No, no. <laughs> no I completely get it. I'm a little like, copywriter. My brain, my brain is like, I wonder how many people have searched for you and then not been able to quickly find the information they need. And so they've just left. Like to me, it's like, it's always like the potential, you know, and it's, it's, I'm so excited to see what happens when you launch your website to see like, you know, is there an uptake? It, like, we have a call to action. We have a freebie. My offers mm -hmm. are there. So it's not like they're like putting in faith. Ryan. Yeah. It's like, 
I don't know, a picture of Charlie, my dog or something. <laughs> Which happens. It's, it's, totally not what, happens. it's not what I would want. I feel like if I were to invest, I would be better if I invested time and money into it, right? Like anything else. So anyway, I was just curious, like your thoughts. And I do think like, yeah, I think I've seen people do it both ways, right? Where they don't have my, one of my really good friends, um, Coraline has a business where they're doing, you know, over 300,000. And I don't think she has a homepage. I think it just goes to her sales page for her program. Mm -hmm. But I also know people that have spent like extensive amounts of money and resources on homepages and they make a lot of money and they're doing well too. So I think it just depends like where you're at, what your strat, like what your strategy is. Totally. Too. If you have one core offer, all you need is a sales page, but a sales page yeah. is- It is a lot easier to get away with that stuff when yeah. you're only selling one thing. It's like very not confusing. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, hey, this is me. Do you like me? I have the mastermind. Goodbye. <laughs> Make sure that there's at least a way for people to get in touch, right? Because maybe I read that and I'm like, oh, I'm not a great fit for this mastermind, but I really want you on my podcast or I really want you on my summit so that you can get that mastermind in front of more people because it's the perfect solution for them. And if all I see is a sales page and I have no way of actually reaching out to you, like that's still a lost opportunity, right? So always making sure that there's at least like, God, please have a, have a contact page, a form, something on your website. Yeah, we have all that. We have all that stuff on there. I don't mean you. I mean anybody. Yeah, yeah. That's I, I just want to clarify for everybody. That's part of I speak in like exaggeration. Sometimes I'm like, oh God, like now they think like my website like really is horrible or something. <laughs> this part of why I love lead pages, my website is so aesthetically pleasing. So, oh, I see. So you like make it in lead pages and link it all together, Megan. That's pretty clever. I haven't used lead pages in a long time either. I'm on Kajabi now, which I'm kind of like, I like it, but I'm like, I don't know. It's not my favorite. What what are your favorite platforms right now? Do you have stuff you're like, you send people to where you're like, these are the... I don't know. I've been more like I'm I'm ride or die WordPress girly. Um, I've okay. Always, yeah, my shop is on WordPress. My website's out. You wouldn't know. I'm never going back to WordPress, but you can have it. <laughs> I broke my WordPress site so many times. I can't even tell you. I had to have a tech guy basically that would be like on call part time for every time I, if I had a dollar and I didn't just like break it. There was one time I broke it so bad. Like I couldn't even get into the like back end. Like no. I, yeah, like more than once. And so I'm not allowed to, I'm not allowed to. <laughs> WordPress. It's not like, it's not foolproof enough for faith. It's very like, I don't know if it's still like that. Maybe it's easier now. No, but... Well, I use like Elementor. So like the oh, okay. so it's like builders. A... Yeah. And that, that I really, use really Elementor. I just use, but I'm not good at tech stuff. So, but then when I started, that's what, what it was. There wasn't exactly. really like a lot of alternatives. I think that's why. Like, I don't even know if Kajabi existed when you I started. Squarespace was around, but like it wasn't great. Like we basically had WordPress and Wix and I had heard enough horror stories about Wix that I was like, I'm not touching that. So it was WordPress and then they're stuck with me <laughs> so yeah I, you're just like I love that you're just like I was on WordPress and this is where I stay I'm married to WordPress we're Literally. here we're doing the thing together we're gonna make it work <laughs> you can do everything on there though like that's mm -hmm. what's so great about it and that is the thing that as that it does frustrate with me being with Kajabi is like there's a lot of limitations where I'm just sure. like why can we not put like this box over here like yeah. Literally, yeah. why are you like this? <laughs> and so I don't know. The good thing about WordPress is like you can really do any 
thing you ever want to do on it. Um, And it's a good skill probably to learn, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I mean, if you're you're into that, it hasn't come in handy for me other than my own. I respect it though, Megan. I respect you for that. (laughs) (laughs) If you're doing copywriting and SEO though, I'm sure it's probably like you kind of have well, I don't know. Are you putting stuff up on people's websites? You're like going and like. No, no. I just, I, all of my copy ha- happens in Google Docs. Yeah. That's the yeah. way to do it. Just do yeah. everything in Google Docs. Yeah. That's where everything, I just like, just put everything there. And then your computer dies. If anything happens, you still have all your things. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I've moved countries now that like I'm in my third country in the last three years. Um, where are you? I'm in Spain right now. I live in the Canary Islands. Oh my gosh. I have to come visit you. Please do. Please That's do. Amazing. Is it amazing What's that? Oh is it amazing there? It's gorgeous. It's at like literally 25 degrees Celsius year round. It's it's the best. The Canary but... Island sounds like a magical dreamland. I'm like, is this where I need to be? I feel really? like that means it's the best. <laughs> Huge digital nomad scene. Canary here. Islands. Mm-hmm. I want to be there. That's a great. <laughs> Well, but I, no, it's, it's great. You don't, if everything lives on the cloud, if everything lives on your Google Drive, you don't have to worry. You can put your laptop in a suitcase and, and you can move. It's the dream. I put want you to post Google. a retreat and then sell it to me and I'll write it mm-hmm. off. I mean, I'm thinking about it. It, it might okay. happen. 2024, 2025. <laughs> I'm looking for, I'm looking for business travel opportunities. I want to travel more for the business. That's one of my goals. So yeah, that'll be oh man wouldn't the dream to be to take the whole team I wish I had that kind of money that's like my dream <laughs> if I could take like Kelsey and Rebecca we could just come to your retreat in the Canary Islands love I could write that. it off it'd be amazing love that for future yeah what else do we need to talk about with copywriting what about your favorite is, I know we've talked about websites but what are your favorite little copywriting do's and don'ts to give people do you have a couple um, little quick tips do's and don'ts uh ooh like hot take if there's a tool that tells you it's going to help you write your sales page in 20 minutes don't trust it <laughs> don't do it damn <laughs> don't, don't do it you could make a it's, whole master class i could make a whole master class about how to not to i'll have to get my soapbox out for that one for sure <laughs> but it will you're gonna get a sales page you can you can go over to chat gpt right now and be like hey i'm selling this thing can you write me a sales page yeah you're gonna get a sales page um we like in my shop we don't have a sales page template we have a sales page template for like done for you services one for uh, membership programs one for low ticket offers because the buying journey for everything that you offer in your business is going to be so different and the but like i'm all about informed buying decisions like that is that's my whole spiel and an informed buying decision for a $27 offer is very different than an informed buying decision for a $5,000 service. And what the buyer needs to know in order for that offer to convert through sales page copy alone, you know, is it's different. It's different. So don't, if something says, write your sales page in, in 20 minutes with this framework, da, 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 da. It's like, well, like, what are you selling? Who are you selling it to? Um, I think that's something really, really important to keep in mind. It's like your, your audience is so special and cater to them. Right. It's different too. Like it's different. The buyer journey stuff and like how much information people need. It's so different industry to industry too. Cause there are industries where people just spend $5,000 and that's not 
a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of money, right? So I'm thinking of like I have a friend that's like a consultant. She does like consulting for tech companies. So she does twenty thousand dollar contracts all day. That's not a lot of money for what she does, and in that industry, it's like super easy for her to sell that, right? And she has the contacts. But then there's lots of industries where selling something for twenty thousand dollars would take consults and like building your reputation and like your stuff's got to be right and like it takes a lot of education and like so it it varies like industry to industry and the price point and the buyer and like your reputation I think also can be a factor there's so many like moving little pieces and that's why we're saying like it's so individual for each business and that's what makes so it makes it hard about trying to help business owners because you're like, well, it depends. <laughs> That's kind of the answer to everything, right? Everything <laughs> depends. Like, yeah, like, I feel like it depends is what I say every 10th sentence. Yeah. It <laughs> depends. Um, but yeah, and like, and considering where your buyers are, like if you're familiar with like the five stages of buyer awareness, there's a really big difference between somebody who isn't even aware that they have a problem versus a person who already has their credit card in hand and is ready to buy. And you need to figure out where your people are on that spectrum and then how much information they need to, to get them ready to buy. I'll see a lot of people like I'm a copywriter, so I'll use copywriting, for example, if you go on a copywriter's website and they're trying to sell you on why you need a copywriter. No, that's not what your website should be doing. Your website should be selling on why you are the ideal copywriter for this person because by the time they're on your website, they know they need a copywriter. You're wasting valuable, what I call real estate, like online real estate. Yeah, it is online real estate. It really. is. It's so important. Like attention spans are so small. Hello, TikTok, right? Like we don't have a lot of time. So so sell them on what they actually need to be sold on and, and you, otherwise you're going to lose people. Yeah, that's a really good point. Megan's doing some research about coming to visit you. She said, she said, she was like looking up how far it is on a plane. And she said for her, it's 16 hours. I'm Canadian and my parents just flew in from Canada yesterday. And it was like a whole day and a half journey. One missing suitcase later. It's yeah, it's a long trip. We want to go to the Canary Islands last now. Well, the good thing about being somewhere great is like your family has to come visit you for holidays. Exactly. <laughs> you oh, I just keep moving around and then I never have to go home. I was in Scotland for a few years. Everybody came. I was in Paris last year. Everybody came. Oh my um, gosh. Do you have an Instagram? Can we like stalk you on your travel? I, I've deleted Instagram off my phone for the time being, but I mean, it's there. All all of the receipts are there. You can go see all of the old life. That sounds so <laughs> magical. I'm so jealous. I'm just like, oh. she's just like, oh. Scotland for a little bit. The digital nomad life. I'm a I'm a recovering digital nomad trying trying to put down roots now finally. Yeah, Matt and I are doing that this year. We're traveling to different Airbnbs every month around the country. But I have a very beloved rescue dog that I couldn't so I couldn't make pond hop. So we're stuck in the US, but I dream of leaving here all the time. (laughs) Every mass shooting. I'm like, we need dual citizenship. <laughs> I cannot do this anymore. <laughs> oh, yeah, I feel it. I feel it's it. Funny, but it's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> That's when everybody's like, we're going to Canada. <laughs> I know. Well, I just sometimes I just fantasize about like, what would it be like to live somewhere where this just doesn't happen? And then I'm like, oh, yeah, that's literally everywhere. <laughs> literally anywhere else. <laughs> It doesn't have to be like this. And then I get like crazy. I'm like, we have to buy a property in Italy. We have to get dual citizenship. 
If you I ever would, need somebody to cheer you on, I'm, I'm your person. I will, I'll push you to do that. it. I'm going to be looking at what you're doing. Cause I feel like I'm going to come, I'm going to come visit you sometime. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for being here. Okay. Tell everybody where we can stalk you. We all need Ooh. those templates, girl. We got to get those. <laughs> do it. Come. <laughs> so I, if you're specifically interested in websites, I have a website copy, uh, website copy roadmap. It's called, if you go to copy forward slash roadmap, um, you're basically going to get your hands on my five stage process that I literally follow as a website copywriter. I'm not just giving you something. It's the steps I actually take and walking you through how you can take them to to write your own really compelling connection-driven website copy. Um, All of the other templates, we've got sales pages, all of the things at copytemplateshop.com. And then me personally, I am at megantaylor.co, not .com. I couldn't get that domain name. Um, And I'm also megantaylor.co on Instagram. Okay. We'll stock you all the places. We're going to put all her links in the notes. You guys check her out. Go look at her website. Go see how see how we're supposed to be doing it. <laughs> no, go look at the shop website. Again, the one pager is completely don't do what experiment. <laughs> don't do as I do, do as I say. That's what I always say in creator camp too. I'm like, don't look at my Instagram account. Like that's not what you should be doing yeah, if you're no. starting. I'm like, it's chaotic and it's insane. Don't do that. <laughs> I'll report back in six months and let you know how that went. <laughs> yeah, I'm curious. I want to know. I want to know all the Me things. Too. So we'll stock you all the places. Sounds we'll good. all be waiting for you when you come back from your Instagram hiatus. Perfect. I want to, I'm like, hello, you're in the Canary Islands. You need to be on Instagram. I need to see what you're doing. <laughs> nobody wants to see my pasty white legs on the beach. Nobody, nobody really wants to see. I'm, I'm nosy. I'm like, I just want to see what everybody's up to all the time. I'm like, I don't know. I'm always like, I love, um, do you know Kate Doster? I love Kate Doster. She teaches like email marketing okay. and mindset stuff, but she's, she's like such a badass in business and marketing but then her whole instagram is her power lifting all the time and i love it i'm always like she's like doing all her pe- like personal records and doing all this like power lifting stuff now oh, and i'm like oh, yeah. <laughs> and i just think it's such a good example of like i don't know it's just like people just want to see what you're what you're up to you know it doesn't always have to be like let me give you my fancy business yeah. advice i'm like no i want to see kate's pr and the powerlifting <laughs> competition yes i do i want to see your cute dogs and all your cute kids yes i do <laughs> well thank you so much for being here this was so fun and you gave okay. so much great information i'm sure people are gonna love this so i really really appreciate you coming and we'll have to do more stuff together you guys go bother her on and tell her to be in all my bundles and tell, tell her <laughs> that she has to do more stuff in faith land and tell her you love her so we can get her back all right you guys have a great day we'll talk to you guys soon bye everybody bye